Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you could join us. Uh, today is the day the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it together. A couple of announcements to share with you as we begin our service this morning. First of all, uh, ladies, if you did not receive a flower last week, um, you can pick one up today. We gave uh, flowers to all of the ladies that were in attendance. It's going to be first come, first serve. There are a couple left. They're sitting up here on the front pew. You can come up after the service and grab one if you did not get one last week. Uh, we'd like to recognize our high school and college graduates. If you could please give the names and schools uh, to myself by next week at the latest. Next week at the latest. Our VBS dates are July 17th to 21st. It would be good to put that in your calendar if you have the chance. 17th to the 21st of July. Uh, there's also a potluck meal following the service today. That'll be over in the fellowship hall. Uh, and lastly, Sarah and I would just like to say thank you so much to all who were a part of the shower. It was um, very humbling and, and generous uh, on behalf of all of you. It was very kind. We felt humble <laughs> by it and overwhelmed just with the, the love and generosity. So thank you so much um, from the, the deepest parts of, of our hearts. So let's open our service with prayer this morning. Gracious God, we are so thankful to be able to gather together in your name. Lord, we're here for you this morning. We ask that you remove any distractions. Father, tear down any walls that we have up, that we can hear truth from you and you alone. Lord, we ask that you would speak to the deepest parts of our souls today. In Jesus' name, amen.
right. Well, you know, the Bible says that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that we are to make disciples of all nations. There's a few songs in the hymn book that we like to sing when we bring a missionary uh, to our church, and one of those is found on page 483. We have a story to tell to the nations. Let's sing this together. <coughs> <coughs> We've a story to tell, the nations shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy, a story of peace and light. A story of peace and light, for the darkness shall turn to dawn. To noonday bright, and Christ's kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and light. We've a storm to be sung to the nations, shall lift our hearts. Shatter the spear and sword, and shatter the spear and sword. The darkness shall turn to dawning, the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and a message to give to the nations, the Lord send us his son to save us, show us that God is love, and show us that God is love, and shall turn dawning, and the dawning to noon. Bright and straight kingdom shall come to work. Kingdom of we've a savior to show.
modern technology. It's wonderful when it works, when you know what you're doing. I want to thank Sarah and, and especially Miranda for helping with this song this morning. You hear the word desperado, and you think of, at least I do, think of the old Wild West days when there was always someone who was running from the law. But there are spiritual desperados too. God wants every one of us to come to him. And yet there are people who are constantly running away from him. We heard and described as the hound of heaven where he's constantly pursuing after us. And um, I'm hoping that uh, maybe this song will, if there's someone here this morning who's been running from God, maybe this will bring them to him.
Thank you, Steve and Miranda. Um, I have one thing I do want to mention this morning before we go to prayer. Keep uh, Joyce Huffman, of course, in prayer. Jean's with us this morning, but uh, Joyce remains in the hospital, Jean, right? And um, still have no diagnosis as far as she... Pardon? Okay, kind of vertigo, dizziness, dizziness, and some vomiting, and um, unsteadiness on her feet. So pray for Joyce as uh, she continues to uh, struggle uh, with, uh, with that. So, Father, as we come before your throne this morning, uh, we thank you, Father, for the privilege that is ours to be able to come into your presence. For, Father, it's your presence that makes the difference. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that where the church gathers, you have promised to be right there in the midst. So, Father, we sense this morning your wonderful presence. We know, Lord, that you are here. We know, Lord, that you have great and wonderful things in store for each of us. Father, we do ask that you might touch Joyce, touch her body, Lord, as she struggles. There doesn't seem to be that ultimate diagnosis as to what is taking place. Father, I pray for Gene. Give him your grace. Give him safety, safety as he travels back and forth to see his wife in the hospital. So we commit her to you in every way. Father, we are thankful that we can call on you for many different reasons. Lord, we can call on you to save us, as we've heard in this song. For Father, your son said that he's the only way to come into your presence. He's the truth and the life. He's the only way, Lord, for mankind to have a relationship with you. So we thank you, Lord, as we come before you. That it's just one call away from each individual to become a child of the King. We thank you for the wonderful plan of salvation for the blood of Jesus Christ that has been shed for the remission of our sins. Lord, that great need of mankind to be forgiven is found in Jesus alone. And so we thank you that you have provided a way for mankind to become a part of your family. And we thank you so much, Lord, for those who have heard the call to go into all the places of the world Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lord, that's not an option. That's a mandate. Lord, we are your ambassadors. We're your children. And your plan is for us to tell all. So we thank you for those like Rick and Deb Carey who have heard your voice. And they said, send us. And Lord, you have sent them to Hope Bible Mission for a number of years. You're using them. You're doing a great work. And we pray, Lord, that you would might help them not to become weary and well-doing. Give them the strength to finish well. Lord, it's not just about starting. But Father, we are in a marathon. And we are to finish well. Paul said, I fought the good fight. Father, give them the strength, give them the energy they need to continue to do what you have called them to do. And Lord, bless them richly and bless them greatly. 
as a result of their dedication and their faithfulness and their commitment to you. You are a wonderful and awesome God. And I pray this morning that you might use Deb as she goes downstairs with the children. Use Rick right here, Lord, as he ministers to us. And Lord, change us. May your spirit have free course in our lives to do his work, the work that only he is able to do, to bring about growth and change. So give us ears to hear. Father, open our eyes, open our hearts, and help us to receive the good word of God. Again, Father, we thank you this morning for this good time you've given us. This is your time. Lord, this is all about you. Father, help us to step aside and help us to see Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand with us as we continue to sing to our I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and he died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on my
sins removed isn't the name of Jesus wonderful isn't the name of Jesus beautiful isn't the name of Jesus beautiful son of God and one of us Lover of our souls, isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Eternal King, you will reign forever. We will sing the glory of your name. Be lifted high for all the world to see. Your name is all they need. Your name is all they need. It isn't the name of Jesus powerful. It isn't the name of Jesus powerful. And chains are broken when it's spoken. Every knee must bow. Isn't the name of Jesus powerful? Eternal King, you will reign forever. We will sing the glory of your name. Be lifted high for all the world to see. Your name is all they all we need. There is freedom in the name 
There is healing in the name. There is power in the name. Salvation in the name. There is life in the name. There is no other name. school this morning. Uh, Rick brought a, a great message and uh, really shared about loving other people and what does that look like. And, and as Christians, we are to be known by our love. And let's sing that together. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We one in the Lord, and we pray that our unity may one day be restored, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other, we will walk we will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand, and together we'll spread the news that God is in our land, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will work. With each other, we will work side by side. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. And we'll go Jesus, His only Son, 
and all praise to the Spirit who makes us one. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by joy this morning to have with us Rick and Deb Carey. Um, we also had, as you know, uh, a yard sale uh, that took place not that awfully long ago. And um, how many of you know the amount of money that came in from that yard sale? See, you'd never read your bulletins. If you would have come in and you have opened those bulletins and you would have looked down over all those announcements, you would know. You would know. Ken, over $2,000. I think the exact amount is $2,069.30. Think of that. A yard sale for a week, a couple of days, and God has provided us with that amount of money. Yeah, go ahead and clap. Because here's the really good news. We said that the money that comes in is going to go to the ladies' shelter with Hope Bible Mission, El Refugio. And so part of Hope Bible Mission is this ladies' shelter, and all of this money is going to that shelter. And so that's really, really good news. So I thank you. I know some of you were here. You bought the items, um, and the community had helped as well. Uh, so I'm going to present this to Rick before he, uh, when he comes, uh, but not yet. Let me just say a few things about him. Now, he spoke about him being younger than me over in the fellowship hall. Now, I don't know exactly his age, but boy, the beards are starting to look almost identical. <laughs> they are white. Um, I, I think I have less hair on the top of my head, but it is really good to have Rick and Deb back with us. Deb left with the children just moments ago to go downstairs. She's going to be ministering to them, uh, but Rick is going to come and minister uh, to us. Uh, if I recall, and I mentioned this over there, I need to go back in the records. I believe Hope Bible Mission, and some of you that are a bit older than I am may know, but I believe Hope was one of the very beginning missionaries that we as a church began to support. And um, so we've been around with Hope for a long, long time. It's changed hands, of course, over the years. And Rick now is the executive director of the mission. And once again, it's a real joy and delight uh, to be able to have Rick and Deb with us this morning. So Rick, come and share with us your heart. Uh, we heard your heart uh, over in Sunday school this morning. And I'm just thankful. You know, you really, you spoke clearly to us. Because we have been trying to, to um, target young folks, uh, knowing that those of my age or older are not going to be around, uh, you know, forever. So we know that the baton needs to be passed to young folks. So thank you for your challenge, Rick. I am 
It's staying yellow. There, there's green. Okay, okay. I talk so loud, I usually don't even use a microphone, so I have a very loud voice. Um, it is great to be here. Now, I'm going to mention one thing at the beginning, because if I don't, then um, Deb's going to get me for this, because I always forget this part. But I do have, she gave me a, a notebook here where if you want to uh, have some information about the mission, we have some things here. Um, also, we have been uh, really working hard to improve our, our email communication. My daughter has been key in that process. So if you'd like to have, um, to sign up for our, our newsletter via the email, uh, we would uh, welcome you to, to take this and sign up. So see me afterwards and you can sign up with this. And, uh, and then we will keep in touch with you uh, through that, that me method of communication. You know, um, Pastor Bob did something wrong just now, or he actually did it before, um, very dangerous. He never actually told me when I'm supposed to stop. So, you know, now that's a dangerous thing with, with my cultural context because I have various cultures that I deal with. And, you know, Latin culture, I can go on for a couple hours. So you all good with that? That's good. Uh, I know Deb will keep the kids busy. She'll think of something. Um, and then, uh, so he didn't tell me that, but also in the context of, with the Chinese church, I know we have um, the, um, you know, right now we're, we're, we're helping our Chinese church in, in New York City, and, I, and this afternoon I'll talk to you more. People are going to say, well, what are Rick and Deb doing? And this afternoon I'll explain that more. But in that context there, uh, right now we're meeting in a school, and we have about 1,500 people in the services, and so we have these four services all in a row, and it's very tight with the timing, so you have to end on time. So I am a, a capable of ending on time, because if you don't, these older folks with, you know, I, I don't know if any of you use rollators, but those are dangerous tools, folks. And be careful if you use one, because you can kill people. And they'll come down the aisle, because they have to have a certain seat they always sit in. Um, and what's, what's amazing to me is, in, in our context of a church, is that we, you know, our building's under in renovation right now, so we're meeting in a school, and within a couple of years, they found their favorite seat again, you know, in the school. So it's, it's always has that, that spot for them. So he didn't tell me, so I'm just going to go on for as long as I want. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, that's all you'll say. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll ponder that thought. Um, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Yo, yeah, we, um, as, as I was thinking about what to share today, um, in the context of what God is, is doing through the, the ministry, but also I, this morning I really wanted to focus more on, on teaching. My, on my heart, and it's always been on my heart, and it's always been a focus of what we, uh, Deb and I, have been working on over the years, is, we, we, is working with young people and working with leaders for the future. And this is something that's always been very, very important to us because the, the kids, I mean, I'll share this this afternoon, but what studies have shown that within the first eight months of a child's life is when they form the basis of their language. And we challenge people at our church that, you know, as you are having children, and those, I, I heard you had six children this past year, I think someone told me, as you have these new children, those first eight months are so important when they, they get the basis of their language, and part of that basis of language is the God language, the language of God, talking to them about God, even though they, you may not think they understand. We need to be intentionally looking at what we're doing with our young people, intentionally looking at what we're doing with our leaders, intentionally saying, how are we going to grow as a family of God? Because we are one family. 
together. And it's something that's it's so much in our minds. And, and, and you know, it's, so, it's so amazing. From, from the little, you get so much wisdom from children. You know, this morning, uh, as I, when I finished up, uh, this young man, I won't, I won't look at him right now, but he said, he said, Amen, Pastor Bob. I guess he thought I was Pastor Bob. Because uh, we look the same, you know. And, and so then I was, I was sharing with them this story about back in, in New York, uh, this one family was, was um, they were talking to their child about going to church. And they were saying now, and the, and the, boy, the young boy said, well, we go to church, what, what do we do there? They said, well, you're going to church to see God. Theologically, it's a little on the line there. But, you know, that's the idea. Is that we're going to go see God. So this is, now keep in mind, this is a Chinese church. Everybody's Chinese except for Deb and I. And so he, he goes to church, and he's looking for God. So what does he do? He finds the one white guy, and he goes, Hi, God. <laughs> so I now have become the personification of God in this, this child's life. You know, it's, it's, there's so much we do in terms of, of affecting our children and affecting the young people and affecting the young leaders. As I shared in Sunday school this morning, the demographic of, the, of those who are 20 to 30 years old is disappearing from the local churches. They've lost touch. They've lost connection with our churches. And so when we think about what do we do, and it's the same thing throughout the world. How do we work with our leaders? You know, this uh, Gene Getz, in a book he wrote a number of years ago, wrote, oh, wow, it's there too. That's impressive. I can actually, I can read it there without my glasses. <laughs> wow, I like that. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll recover. Are believers really ministering to other members of the body of Christ? Or do they use all of their time and effort to just keep the machinery of the church running smoothly? And in our churches today, we have, a, we have this ongoing challenge, this ongoing process of looking at ourselves in the context, consistent, because the Bible doesn't change, right? The Bible doesn't change. The principles of God's Word do not change. But as we live out those principles in our society, are we living in a relevant way or are we, or are we lapsing into a complacency? We've done it a certain way. It's comfortable. We're tired of thinking. We're tired of challenges. We're tired of the difficulties. So let's just keep doing it this way that we've done it. But we're not relevant to what we're living in our society today. And so we get com comfortable. When the children of Israel were crossing into the promised land, we see in the book of Joshua, it says in verse 1, After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. The, the, the children of Israel were facing a huge challenge in their, in their lives. They were, they were facing a difficulty that was beyond our comprehension in our lives. They were, they were coming into a point of they're going into a new land. They have been traveling all these years. All the older folks had, had died over those 40 years. They were coming in, and they were coming into something that they had never experienced before, they'd never seen before. And I've like, got to tell you, if I was there, it'd be, I'd be a little bit frightened. They're getting ready to cross this river. They're following Joshua. Joshua had always been one of the leaders out there, but Moses was the man. You know, it's like with Pastor Bob here. He's the man, okay? He can never retire because if he ever retires, what's going to happen? Who's going to, there's no more Pastor Bobs, you know? And, and, and what do you do? Joshua had taken over for Moses and the people had to go forward because the church continues to go forward regardless of, of what happens with the, the, the ministry will always go forward. God's people will always go forward and face the challenges that we have facing us today. There's a study that says in every country and culture, the key factor 
that determines whether young adults are thriving or simply surviving is always the same. The availability and accessibility of teachers, coaches, pastors, friends, and mentors who are committed to investing in their spiritual vitality. And what we see happening in the church today is there's a huge need, a tremendous need for interconnectivity within the congregation. You know, so many times we, we, we feel like, okay, we have these different groups. One of the struggles that we have with the church in Chinatown is that we have these various age groups. And they become very, very distinct. And we have a, a larger congregation that tends to happen even more. But there's not this connectivity. But people need that connectivity. We need for the younger to learn from the older and the older to experience the younger. We need to be intentionally coming together and say, how can we prepare the leaders for tomorrow? Intentionally, constantly, all the time. You know, in our church, there's this one young man, and his, his father is very, very active. He does trips, and he does singing, all these different things. But he, the father sp doesn't spend time with his son. We've, we've spoken to him about it and encouraged him, but it's, it's challenging. But this young man is wandering from the church. But what has touched my heart is that there's another guy, an older, he's in his late 20s. He just got married, he has a son. He's very quiet, very big guy, doesn't talk much. And I see him every Sunday quietly going over to this young man and talking to him and encouraging him. There's another guy, he's, uh, he um, is again a, not, a, not a highly outspoken person. He doesn't teach in Sunday school, he doesn't teach in church. He, he does various things in helping in the church. But every Sunday, he intentionally takes some of these junior high guys. One of the, young, one of the boys uh, is, is going through great difficulty. His, father's, his father was in prison, out of prison. His parents are divorced. And his, his mom is, is trying to take care of him. The boy is, is really struggling. And this guy just quietly, didn't, no fanfare. There's no program. There's no big brother. It just simply came, saw this need, took the boy and his friend, and he's, and he's, he's become a father to them. Last week he took them to uh, bring your kids to work day so they could experience something different. He's intentionally saying how he can touch the lives of these kids. This is something that we see as a need everywhere. In Guatemala, in New York, in Halifax. It's how we are coming together and saying the, the word of God is real. The word of God is alive. The principles do not change. They mean something to me. And as I, as an adult, 57 by the way, I'm you know, 57, I'm getting there, right? Uh, as an adult, I, it's, it means something to me, and I want to share that with you. I want to intentionally bring you along as we are preparing the leaders of tomorrow. Pre prepare, preparation of emerging leaders is such an important part of what we are as a church. And we need to recognize and develop these emerging leaders in the church it says in Exodus 17, it says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek, while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And what Moses was doing, and we'll see this throughout, this, this, as, as throughout the time when the Israelites were, were wandering, was he took Joshua under his wing. Now, he, Moses couldn't take everybody, but he took a man, and he took him and he started to work with him. As, because his focus was on how he could help to prepare this person. He recognized him, and he says, now I'm going to spend time with him. And I would encourage in this church that we intentionally recognize 
our young people and spend that time with them. Now, and again, sometimes people say, well, they don't want to talk to old people. It's not true, especially if you take them out for lunch. And, you know, it's, 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 it's something, it, there's, there's ways that we can connect in the context of how we can become stronger as a church. It's, folks, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge being a parent today. I, there's, I don't know about you, but it's a challenge. My daughter's now 25, my son is 29, so they're getting older now. But even with my daughter today, is where, as she's, she's still in college, as she's going through some different uh, experiences in New York, New York City, it's a challenge. And I encourage people in churches that even if, if you don't have kids, you're past kids, your grandkids, intentionally help our parents. Let's work together to raise up those leaders that we need to see happening in the church. Let's, let's live the principles of the Word of God. Let's not teach them tradition, but let's teach them biblical teaching. And so Moses recognized uh, Joshua. Moses also personally mentored. He personally got involved with the life of Joshua. It says in Exodus 24, So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. When Joshua heard, in Exodus 32, when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it is not the sound of shouting for victory or the sound of cry for defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. They were experiencing life together. Joshua was very protective of Moses. Exodus 33 says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again to the camp, his assistant Joshua the son of, of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. He was devoted to, Josh, to Moses. It says in Numbers 11, And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord, Moses stopped him. That's when they were having difficulty. And Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were her prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses uh, and, the, and, the elders, and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Moses was personally spending time with him in life experiences so that he could teach him how he could live his life in the context of the challenges that we face in this world today. And we face some incredible challenges culturally. And, there's, and, 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 and it's different here than it is in New York, but you face challenges here that I, I just cannot even begin to comprehend. How do we live consistently the Word of God in our world today, I, I mentioned this morning some of the with the in the context of of the of the bathrooms that we're facing. It's a big controversy in New York right now with with who can use what bathrooms, and so and, and, and in our in our world there, it's people will say if you are not tolerant of people, you're an intolerant person. You're closed-minded. You don't care about people. You don't love people, and we have this 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 mentality, and what we need to come back to is understanding that the Word of God is because God created me. God did not make mistakes. He did not make mistakes in you. Yes, you may have these desires. Yes, you may have these difficulties. But you know what's incredible is that God, in His consistency, He created you that way, and he created, he gave, He's going to give you a way to deal with those issues. Let's deal with those things together. You know, it's, it's one thing I always share with people is that you do not change who you are to become a Christian. You accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then He will change you to be what He created you to be, what He intended for you to be. 
And that's what we need our focus is. is to look at, let's cons- look at the Word of God and say, how can we help our, our, our young people, help our emerging leaders, help those who are just coming forward to say, this is who I am. God created me. He didn't make mistakes. Yes, I'm going through struggles. Yes, I'm going through temptations. Yes, I'm not. I, 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 have, I have problems. I upset somebody. And yes, I'm going through these things. But God is there for me, and I am there for you. I, <coughs> excuse me, I will love you and be there for you. I'll be right next to you. I will never, God says, Jesus will never leave you, and he's put me there. I'm going to be there for you also. This is what we need to see happening in the church, where we're supporting each other, we're there for each other, we never leave each other, so that we can prepare those folks for tomorrow. We need to share leadership with emerging leaders. We need to share leadership with them. It says in Deuteronomy 31, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. Chapter 31, 23 says, And the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. In Deuteronomy 27, it says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom, in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation. You shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority that all the congregation of the people in Israel may obey. You know, and, and as Moses was doing, think about how long Moses was leading these people. Moses was older than Pastor Bob. Can you believe that? And, 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 and it, he was an old guy. And for him to come along and say, I'm going to give this to Joshua. It, I, I just can't comprehend it. Because, you know, I don't know about you, I'm a very bossy person. I, I love being in I love boss. I used to work in retail management in New York City. I had 100 people working for me. I loved it because I could tell them anything I wanted and they would do it, you know. I just loved it. To pass that off to somebody else and to expect and hope that they'll do it in the right way is a challenge. And you know what's really hard for me sometimes is to have this realization that they may do it different than me and it's okay. That's hard. That's hard. Moses was not only passing this off to Joshua, Moses knew he couldn't enter the promised land and be a, an advisor. You know, because sometimes, you know, we'll do this advisor, well, I'll stay and be an advisor behind the scenes. No, he couldn't even do that. Why was he had this, con- because Moses had invested his life in him. He had seen in Joshua's life that he was living by, consistently by the word of God. He had seen this and, and, and he had invested, and he said, you know what, now it's in God's hands. Joshua, take the people. Take them to that next step. Take them forward. Go into that promised land. Take that next challenge. Do things that I could never do. Do better than I can do, ever do. Joshua, move forward. You know, the other part of this is that it's, it's preparing the emerging leaders, but also is for those leaders to step and say, we will take that role. We will become the leaders. Because sometimes it's easier to let the old folks just kind of do things. But for those young, younger people, and I say younger, again, I'm 57 years old, so if you're 40, you're younger. 
you know, those to come forward and say, we are going to, we have this passion. We understand what it means, what the church exists for. The church isn't just here for me to get something out of it. It's for me to come and be a man and woman of God, women, men and women of God. And to take this church forward and, and to, to reach this community, to cross the Jordan. Yes, this Word of Life Chapel has an hu- incredible history. Now just think of what it can do. Go the next step. Dream about what God has for this church and, and say, how can we move forward? Believe the promises that are there from God. He said, God said to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers. He said, you take them to the next level. Believe the promises. Believe what I have for you. And move forward. And my friends, as we are all at different levels of life, don't ever stop believing the promises and going forward to do what God has called us to do. I don't, I don't look at church growth as a numeric thing. I look at church growth as I walk in and I, as I talk with people and they're sharing with me their passion for Jesus Christ. They're sharing with me their desire to share the word of God with other people. They're sharing with me the, their excitement that, that we have this person's being discipled and this person's accepted Christ and, and these kids are, are coming to church. We have a supporting church down in, in uh, Twin City, West Virginia. And it's such an encouragement. I go to that church, and they have in that, in that area is, is a huge, so many problems. And drugs is a, is a huge issue in that, in that community down there. And what they, what they have done is they've recognized that these, these kids come to church, but they don't really have strong families. So what they intentionally do is they bring all the kids into, like you do here with the worship, but a lot of these kids don't have parents. They don't have anywhere to say. So what they've done is the people in the church, they've taken on these kids. They are the parents for those kids whenever they come to church on Sunday. They sit with them in church. They, they help them out. And all. Those, and it's just a beautiful ministry. It's a beautiful ministry. It's a way of us recognizing what's going on in our community, taking that challenge and believing the promises. God says, listen, you love people. Love people. You care for people. God says, I'll take care of you. He will always take care of us. Believe the promises. He says we have to follow the plan. It says in verse 7, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have a good success wherever you go. Now, when you read a verse like that, sometimes we get kind of nervous, you know, we got okay, follow the law. And we, and we don't like laws, okay? You know, we like to avoid laws. We like to see how we can get around things in, in, our, in our lives. The law, as we know, is how we live life. That's what Jesus came. Jesus lived the law. He says, love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he expressed it in the way that he lived his life. The Apostle Paul always looked to the life of Jesus, always looked to his example. And then Paul's the one that kind of put this all in more of a theological context as he applied it to life in their, in their cultural setting. But he always looked to Jesus and how Jesus lived the law. And what, what God is saying here is, okay, you, you understand what it is I'm trying to do with the law here, what kind of people we're trying to be. 
how we are to live our lives in the context of our society here. Live the law. Live the principles of God's word. It doesn't change. And follow that in your lives. He said, that's very important. And, it's, and I'm so encouraged. You know, I was, I was so encouraged. I, so many people came to Sunday school this morning. I was, I was like amazed. You know, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. I mean, a lot of people don't get out of bed at that time. You know, I, and I, I figured you just heard I was coming. You wanted to hear me speak. But, you know, it was amazing. It was good. And, 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 and people come as we are teaching the Word of God. And so, we, so as we talk about all these different things, teaching the Word, teaching the Word, teaching the Word, teaching the Word. And leaders, as you're coming along, as you're, you're questioning what's going on in the church, and that happens. That's good. You know, all the prophets question. I mean, often they say, God, why are you doing what you're doing? It's good to question. It's good to say, I don't understand exactly why Pastor Bob is doing Why does he wear a coat and tie every Sunday? I don't get it, okay? You know, is it just because he's old or is it because he's, you know, he's cold, maybe? You know? And um, why does he do that? But, you know, it's good to question. It's good to wonder. It's good to say, why do we sing a certain songs? And by the way, I really appreciated what the choir, you guys had wonderful music today. It all fit together. You're talking about, when you're talking about, what I think, the idea of what heaven can be. And actually, for me, when I was listening to that music, I was saying, this is what I want the church to be. All those things they sang, I'm saying, this is what church can be as we live the principles of God's word. And with leaders, we look at the, we look at what the, follow the plan that God has for us. If we can just follow the plan of what God has for us, as 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 his, as his church, we will experience this. We will have that unity. We will be able to sing. We are one in the spirit, as we sang there just a little bit ago. We'll be able to sing those things, and it be it's going to be true about us. Wouldn't that be? I would wish every church. There's a lot of churches that can't sing that song that y'all just sang. Because it's not really, really true. They're not really necessarily one in the spirit. They're kind of, they come together. But if you can have this and, 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 you know, and be able to go up to each person and say, I, I, I truly love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. We are one in the spirit. We come together. We have one job out there is to reach this world for Christ. We want to raise up and, and bring our leaders, to, our young people together our, and, and teach all people. This is the plan that God has for us. Follow the plan. And then we accept the provision. You know, it's, that's the, it's a very hard thing um, in our society today is, is, is accepting help many times uh, in, the, in the right way. Not in the, just people, but really accepting the, the provision that God has for us. He says, have not, in verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I say accept the provision, it's the provision in the way that God said he will be there for us. He says, I will always be there for you. I will always show you a way through this. I will always be your God. I will always love you. And as you're facing the many challenges that you will face in your life, and you're going to face some difficult ones, and I know you folks face difficult challenges, God says, listen, I'm there for you. I'm there for you. I'm consistent. I'm the one foundation that you can always come back to and understand in your life. But this is the provision he's talking about. Because we get distracted. We think that the provision of God so many times is, is the things that we have. We think the provision of God is, is, is lack of difficulty. But if you, if you read Revelation about the churches that we discussed this morning, lack of difficulty, lack of suffering is not part of God's provision. 
He said, I'm going to help you with it. I'm going to get you through it. And you're going to be stronger. You're going to become more powerful. And part of the way that the people of God get through suffering, get through the difficulty, is they have each other. This is part of God's plan. He says, I'm going to take you through these things. When someone's ill, we're all there for that person. Someone's going through difficulties in their home, we're there for that person. That's, that's all part of this provision. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, no matter what you face in your life. And what I'm praying for in the churches today is that we will have younger people who come back to the church who, who have a realization is that the world's getting more difficult. We cannot look to our political leaders for any kind of help because they're all just out there in left field. All of them. We can't trust them because they're people, they're humans. We trust God. Not the political leaders, not our armies. We trust God. And God is working through his church. So let's be a church that's trusting God. And let's be a church that is trusting him and understanding that together, let's see what it is, the great things that he's going to have us to do in, in raising up our, our leadership, raising, in teaching our young people, teaching each other, encouraging each other, helping each other to be the people that God has called us to be. You know, a number of years ago in, in Guatemala, when my, my son was still living with, with us there, we went out to a community. And he's, my son is six foot four. He's kind of big. And so, and, and, and at, in those areas where we work, people tend to be a bit shorter than, than that. So there's kind of shorter people. And so he was, Deb had taken him to a, a, one of her lessons one time. And he was sitting in the back reading a book. They got there early. So he was sitting there reading a book because he loved to read. And so he was sitting there, and in the midst of this lesson, the guy who was teaching the lesson was teaching about the, the giants. And so he got this idea, because you, what you learn in life is we have lots of technology and all these PowerPoints, all this stuff, but the reality is some of your best lessons of God's Word is right there in front of you. And so Eric was sitting there, and he got this idea, so he called up Pastor Fernando, who's just a normal guy, he's, but he's kind of he's, he's short. The guy has, I think, 14 children or something like that. He's prolific. But um, he had, so Pastor Fernando, so he called Pastor Fernando up, then he called Eric up, and I have a picture here of it. And so here's Eric and Pastor Fernando together, okay? <laughs> now, what better lesson of giants than this, right? I mean, that just like made the impression right there. And as, he, and as you look at this, and I think about in our lives, we have folks in our world today, we have giants. I'm not saying my son's evil, he's not... <laughs> But we have giants. Our church, our, we are facing giants. And our families, we're facing giants. Our kids are under assault in ways that you and I can never even begin to understand. The values, the principles that they're learning, very quietly, many times very subversively in, the, in a different context, is making it very difficult for them to understand God, the God of the Bible. It's an assault. It's a giant. And what I encourage, and I'll talk more about this this afternoon, how we're dealing with those issues in Guatemala, but our churches today need to realize the giants that we have before us. But we also need to realize the promise that we have. 
is only be strong and courageous. There's no reason for us to fear. There's no reason for us to fear. So let's work hard as those who are older to instill that in those who are younger. Now sometimes what that takes is for me as an older person to reevaluate my life, my values, what I live in my life, and can, can I share that with others? And then take that intentional time to say, now how can I share that with other, my young, those who are younger? And those who are younger to seek out wisdom. Seek out truth. Don't stop asking questions, but look for it in the right places, which is the Word of God. Look for those people who you see in their lives. I would like to be with, like that person. Seek them out and say, can you help me? I have people I meet with every week right now. And I, people, I mean, almost every night of the week, I'm meeting with people who are seeking out and saying, I want to understand how I can be strong and courageous. Together, the church will be strong because this is the plan of God. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. I thank you for this wonderful church, this gathering of believers. Lord, I, I pray that you're the one that has the plan. Each person is here for a reason and purpose. You don't make mistakes. And I pray, God, that each of us at the different levels and different experiences of where we're all at, Lord, that we will just come back to the example that we see in Moses and Joshua, Lord, and that will affect our lives in different ways. So I just thank you for your word. Cross in your name. Amen. Thank you, Rick, for allowing God to use you uh, this morning. And because you didn't know when to stop, um, we're only going to be able to sing two stanzas of the uh, last hymn. And <laughs> let's stand together, take your hymn books, let's turn to hymn number 480, 480, and we will only sing the first and the last. Um, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. We'll sing all four stanzas and then we'll be dismissed. Rescue the perishing. Let's sing this together. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them in from sin and the grave. Weep the erring. <coughs> the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing. Careful, die <clears throat> his mercy. Jesus will save. Though they are sliding him, still he is waiting, waiting, penitent child to receive. Them earnestly plead with them gently. He will forgive if they only believe. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is mercy. <clears throat> Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie bare. 
that graves can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, chords that are broke will vibrate once more. Rescue the perishing. Jesus will save, rest the perishing, duty demands it, strength for thy lay, Lord will provide, back to the narrow way, patiently win them, tell the Savior has died. Rescue the Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you that the gospel does change lives. And Father, now that we have been changed, now that we are part of that church, Lord, help us to do our part. Help us, Lord, to move forward. Help us, Lord, to be challenged every day. Help us, Lord, to look around us for those emerging leaders. Help us, Lord, to do what needs to be done in order that this church might continue on and become all that you intend it to be. Father, we have been challenged this morning. We thank you, Father, for the words of Rick and for using him this morning. Uh, to move us, to inspire us, to encourage us. Father, you're a wonderful God, and you have brought him for such a time as this. Bless the time that follows, Lord, as we come around the table. Lord, fellowship is a wonderful thing in the church of God. And so we ask for your great blessing. Again, use us greatly, we pray, to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.